On today's episode of the Yezu the Radio Show podcast, we're going to go ahead and give you some of that old analog. That's right, we're going to be talking about our analog line of radios, not to be forgotten about. That's on today's episode of the Yezu the Radio Show podcast. And welcome to this week's episode of the Yezu the Radio Show podcast. I'm your host, John Crook. Thank you very much for going ahead and joining me today. Yeah. Man, you know, today's episode, I I enjoy. And, and here's why. Because it deals with that good old, reliable, traditional, can't complain, it's been around for ages, form of communication called analog. That's right. We're going to be discussing some of our analog radios on there. And here's the reason why we want to discuss analog radios, because guess what? Analog is alive and well. It, it truly is. But... You know, everybody's all tied up in the digital world for a lot of things, so therefore that's what it is. But today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about analog radios there. But before we get into today's episode about analog radios, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about finding out where you can get information about our radios. That's right. People say, hey, you know, we see you on social media. We see you guys on your YouTube channel. We see you doing the podcast here. But where can I get information about the radio? I, you know, I don't have a radio store near me. I don't have an authorized Yezu dealer for me. Where can I go to get the information? And the best and the most direct source, as we always tell you, is to go to the Yezu.com website. That's right, Yezu.com. And from there, you're going to see all of our great products that we have to offer, especially for the North America market. You can select up there under the products. You can check if you want to look at HF radios, if you want to look at digital our Yezu System Fusion line of digital radios, or looking for handhelds, looking for mobiles, looking for rotators. And you, If we got it as a product it's and it's in production, it's going to be listed on there. In addition, select on that model you're looking at, go to that file section, and guess what you can do to that final section? You can download the manuals that we have out there, take a look at upcoming firmware, and even see if we offer, yes, free software that's correct some of our radios we offer the free software on there so don't want to go on buy software want something that you know is definitely going to work on your yezu radio that's where you can go yezu.com all righty as we talked about today the today's topic is one that a lot of people are not really aware of um and, and that that sounds really weird and I know it, it really is weird. It, and you'd be like, how are people not aware of your analog radio? And I'll be honest with you, the reason that people aren't per se aware of the analog radios is, is because, guess what? There's not not a lot of people want to think that analog is really in existence. They think that it's all about the digital stuff and all that kind of things. And guess what? It's It's not all about digital. There's a lot of great usages and a lot of great reasons why you still need an analog radio. And I'll tell you, it is because analog is one of those things that is a standard, okay? Radios have a base of analog. At least our radios have a base of analog. Whether you're buying an analog radio, which it only does analog, or you're buying a radio that's digital capable also too for Yezu System Fusion, it has analog in it also too. There's nothing that's just digital only because analog is kind of that universal carrier that universal type of transmission fm communications whether it be simplex whether it be repeater whether it be using yezu radios to talk into interconnected 
kind of thing. So, for example, like you have an all-star node, you have an IRLP node, analog repeater, whatever the case may be. Analog is there, and analog just works, all right? And there are many times I like to run analog. And I guess the biggest thing and the reason I like to run analog is, is that if I'm in an area that I don't know what's out there for repeater communications, or maybe, hey, I'm going to be traveling and maybe I'm traveling with some people and I don't know if they have Yezu System Fusion radios. Guess what we always have? We always have analog-based radios on there. So that's why analog is still live and analog is still well on there. Now, I'm not going to talk about the Fusion radios that can do analog because we, we know that they do analog. I'm today going to focus on core analog-only radios. You only have FM in these radios. And we're going to be talking about the mobiles. We're going to be talking about the handhelds or sometimes referred to as portables. And let's go first on the list to a tried and true workhorse. That's right, the tried and true workhorse, which would be the FT2980. Now, this radio, folks, is amazing. And I say amazing because it's, first of all, 80 watts. 80 watts, heavy-duty power, VHF only now. Yes, it's a VHF only radio. But there's no cooling fans. It's got a large heat sink. This is the radio you put in your car or as I've had people off-roading who do do that, um, who do some um, overlanding who, uh, or, you know, more importantly, up here like in where I'm at, the northern part of Wisconsin, they want something that's going to take a beating that can kick out that high power and guess what, can do the job and get the job done. Now, if you really think about it, 80 watts, is a lot of power, but then, hey, folks, it's always in with the antenna. Get a 5.8 wave antenna, and you are going to be communicating for miles on there. But the biggest thing about the 2980 is, is it's, it's once again, it's, it's durability. It's, if you've seen it, it's, it's really the only way you can really describe it. I mean, it's got a large dial to the left side of it, large screen display. you got buttons along the bottom. You have an actual separate volume and um uh squelch knob and i'm and i said i'm sorry the volume and the squelch knob are on the left it dials on the right i'm getting ahead of myself there 199 memories comes with uh the microphone everything you need right out of the box there you gotta buy the antenna separately of course but just a tried and true workhorse and it's not just an amateur radio also too now i'm gonna be careful on what i said there and the reason i say it's not just an amateur radio also is because it does have wide band receive, but more importantly, it can also function as a NOAA weather alert radio. So you can actually put in that severe 1050 hertz tone, that 1050 hertz tone, which is that, you know, back in the day before they had the same alerts and the burnt, burnt, you know, that all annoying tone, that deed. Well, that's 1050 hertz, and this radio can be set up to be a weather alert radio. Now, I know a lot of Aries Races groups, at least up in the upper Midwest, at least, and I understand throughout a lot of the U.S., do like to go to this radio. If they're looking for, hey, I want an MCOM radio, I want something that's going to be durable, I want to be able to something that's going to bang around and stuff like that, guess what? The FT2980 is the one for you. And actually, I said 199 memories. Let me correct you, actually, myself on there, because you actually have 221 memories. But not all of them are designed to have, like, a memory channel functionality in them. Um, some are designed to have what they call the upper and lower scanning limits on there. 
and then the home channel, and then you have the uh, basically your regular channels that are on there. And when I say upper lower channel limits for scanning, this is, I think, an underutilized function. And here, let me give you an example on it. We all know as we are down into the lower 144 range, there's not a lot of stuff that's happening down there. There might be uh, weak signals, um, single sideband. You know, 144.39 in the U.S. is the APRS frequency. So really, it's kind of like, okay, and then it kind of gets into repeater inputs. You know, I don't really want to scan all that stuff like that. And it seems like, to me at least, sometimes the 144 megahertz portion of the amateur band is really noisy, really susceptible to that kind of noise. So what you could do with these memory channels, you have a paired memory channel. So you would have like a 1U and a 1L and a 2U and a 2L. What you do is, is you put a range of frequencies in there. So for example, let's say I want to just scan the 145 megahertz range of repeaters. All righty, I just want to be able to go ahead and scan, like let's say 145.000 all the way up to, let's say 146.000. I just want to scan that one megahertz, right? Well, how do you do it? How, did, how are you able to go ahead and scan it? Well, what I could do is, is I can go to those memory channels listed as like 1U, 1L, um, and that stands for upper and lower. And then I could put 145.000 in 1L. And then I can go to one, uh, put 146.000 in 1U. Now I go to that memory channel, push and hold and start scan from there. It's only going to scan 145 megahertz to 146 megahertz. Now... What can you do? Now, you give you, we give you multiple pairs like that. Well, you know, there's some people, and I kind of do it too, I still like to listen to business and commercial stuff on there. So I like to listen to like maybe a swath of things on there. So maybe I want to listen to a couple of my local fire departments and stuff like that on there. They're in the 154 to 155 range. Now, this radio does not transmit on it. It's an amateur radio, part 97, accepted. it's not designed to be used for commercial uses or modified for it. Okay, just got to do that, you know, disclosure. But what I can do then is with this radio is is I can take and I could put like 154.000, let's say in 2L this time, and then maybe I put 156.000 into U at this time. So now when I want to scan that public safety swath of frequencies there, now I just go to 2L, start scan from there, and it's going to scan 154 in this case up to 156 because that's what I have in there. So kind of an underrated feature in these radios and i'll be honest with you when i started had no idea what the they were that made made no sense to me whatsoever now continuing with the radio itself that memory stuff i told you about in all of our radios believe it or not in all of our radios but what i'm going to talk about now is the 2980 has a full three watt speaker that's right a full three watt speaker of loud audio that um is there problem is is that it's it's body mounted so it's not front face firing so sometimes people will need to find that they do need to get an external speaker for it and hey that's fine that's understandable people have different likes and needs for installation whatever but take a look you want a powerful durable beat hard radio that you can do that's going to be the ft 2980 and if you're in the north america market you're going to want the r version that's going to give you the 144 to 147.9995 transmit capabilities on there now talking about more mobiles here we have the tried and true ftm 3100 so that's right the ftm 3100 this radio here is very similar to its cousin that's no longer in production which was the ftm 3200 
That 3200 was in the same design, but it was capable of fusion. The 3100 is not. What's the real big difference between the 2980 and the 3200 or 3100 here that I get asked a lot? Well, the biggest thing is going to be is the 3100 is 65 watts, where the 2980 is 80 watts. There's also a cooling system on the 3100. So that cooling system is designed of basically intaking air underneath the front display of the radio and pushing it back through the fin. So it's part of what we call our FACC, which is Funnel Air Convection Conductor, which basically turns it into a wind tunnel over the actual finals on there. But once again, crystal clear audio does 144 to we say 148, but that's 147.995 megahertz there. Does have a wide receive of 136 to 174. Has, once again, 220 memories. Does do the CTCSS and DCS encode and decode. Some people said, hey, is it encode only? Or does it get encode and decode? And the reason I see a lot of people do that, they're like me. They started in amateur radio years ago. And I'm talking years ago, where back in the day, you used to have to buy the decoder board as an actual option on there. But how once again has the severe weather alert on there. Nice kind of mounting in there. This would be more of a little bit more of an elegant radio that, you know, hey, it's in a car, but it's not going to take and it's not going to get beaten on there. Once again, front facing speaker. So there is a little bit more of a smaller display, um, but really nicely set up on there for everybody's enjoyment and usage. And once again, that's the FTM 3100. Now let's talk about this newer kit on the block. And this is a radio of radios, folks. And that is the FTM 6000. Once again, the FTM 6000. Now, that is not a fusion radio. People think it's a fusion radio. It is not. Just because it has FTM does not mean that it is a fusion radio. But what this is, is this is part of our dual band mono display. Once again, dual band mono display. So dual band meaning it can transmit and receive on VHF and UHF but it only can display one band at a time. So you can either only display VHF or you can only display on UHF. But it's a nice because the other two radios we just talked about were dash mount. This can be dash mount or remote mount configuration, meaning you can take the head off, put the head somewhere, and then put the body like underneath the seat or something like that. The microphone does plug into the body on it though. But you do have a lot of different options that can come into this radio here. So, for example, it does have what we call our MAG, which is memory auto grouping, which allows you to kind of group. So instead of having, like, let's say channels 1 through 13 is VHF and 14 through 28 is UHF and this and this and this, no, you can program it in any way you want and then turn on this memory auto grouping and it will group all VHF together, all UHF together, and, and, every, and so on and so forth. Now, the other thing about this, too, is it has a little bit of a nicer design with what we call the E20-33. So, easy to operate, generation 3. And what that does is it has multiple keys on the front of the radio. So, what you could do is you have an F1 key that you can program to something quick to use. So, maybe you use power, like high, low, medium power. You can program that F1 key to do it. Or maybe you change tones a lot, or maybe you change the display, or whatever the case may be. You can program that F1 key into it. In addition, it has part of that easy-to-operate third generation. It allows you to take things selectively out of the menu and kind of put it almost in a quick menu fashion. So what we're talking about that is, is that let's say, hey, you know what? I use the F1 key a lot for power because I adjust my power. 
but maybe I need to have quick access to repeater shift and maybe tone selection and 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 maybe I don't know something else like um home channel whatever the case may be what happens is is that you are able to go ahead and quickly program that into some of a quick menu but you still have access to the full deep menu because let's face it there's sometimes things in your menu settings that you're going to set it and you're going to forget it right you're just going to set it forget it or i don't even need it okay good 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 example for me is dtms speed i don't really use an auto dialer that much but if i do I don't need to change the speed, you know, change it to maybe 300 milliseconds the first time I get the radio and leave it at that. Uh, Something that doesn't really bother me. But where this radio shines is, is that with it, even though it's an analog radio, it still has that 10 pin mini DIN connection on the back of the radio. And that lets you go ahead and be able to plug in any sort of data connection on there. So maybe you're into packet radio maybe you're into aprs maybe you're not even using it for a data purpose like i and what i actually do is i actually use it as an audio input output on there so i can actually make a kind of a quasi repeater or link radio for my car that's right i strap two radios together i can take my ftm 6000 i have connect it to my ftm 300 i have in my car and by doing that, what I can do is when I'm not needing to have it as a mobile, a mobile repeater, I can have my 6,000 doing one frequency, and I got my 300 doing the rest of the stuff. I should say actually 200. I, I favor my 200 more a little bit. That's me, though. But then what I can do is just at the minute I'm away from my car, maybe I only have my FT60 or my 65 or my 4X or an analog handheld in general. Now I can go into my car, have my FTM 6,000 receive, it's connected to the 200 and now the 200 could transmit let's say on a fusion repeater or maybe on another repeater and i've kind of created a in band or i could do cross band too because depending on what frequencies i'm using between the two mobiles and i have this great setup on there that's what that data jack provides i know some people have played with vara fm on there they played with winlink numerous different things that need data in and out of there hey if you got an all-star node if you got an IRLP node, an Echolink node, whatever the case may be, you need to have something that's going to give you a core sense or active sense on there. Has a PTT, audio in, audio out. Guess what? The FTM 6000 has that 10-pin mini DIN jack on the back. Oh, not to also mention, you're you setting up a Wires X analog node? Guess what? That 10-pin cable that comes with the Wires X node can now be mo- used to connect it to the HRI 200. So there's a lot of options and a lot of features with that FTM 6000. Um, you can also have a Bluetooth headset in there with the option on there. So a lot of great stuff on there. Um, don't overlook this radio. A lot of people say, ah, oh, it's a stupid dual band analog radio. No, I'll be honest with you. It's it's for what the features it's got in there. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised on there. 1,100 memory channels on this and, and, Wide coverage received, not like the 2980 and the 3100. You basically are like 136 to 174. The 6000 gets you down to 108 megahertz for your aircraft receive, all the way up to 999 megahertz, okay? So you got that whole, whole area there 
of not only aircraft, but VHF amateur, VHF public safety, receive 220, the UHF amateur and public safety and business range on there. And then you got the 800 megahertz range. And believe it or not, there is some analog stuff that goes out there. I mean, like if you know if you ever buy major incidences or some places that are metropolitan area they'll actually use analog 800 stuff for business or public safety on there but it has that wide versatility in that range and i'll tell you it's a radio that really should not be overlooked now let's shift gears into our handhelds but before we get into our handhelds let's go ahead and remind you of one last quick thing here where can you get all these great Yezu products? And I know we talk about it every show, and I know we talk about it on social media, and I know this and this and this. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I can't stop talking about it. Make sure you're going ahead and you're buying from an authorized Yezu dealer. That's right, authorized Yezu dealer. Now, here's why you need to buy from an authorized Yezu dealer. One, you know you're going to get the radio for the area you live, and you know it's going to work properly. A lot of people are saying, Ah, you know what? I, I I got bought this dealer offline, or or there's hey there's a dealer. He says he's a Yezu dealer, and I bought the radio from it, and it's not the right radio, or it's not the right region. Something, yeah, pain pain in the butt, headaches. If you're going to a dealer that's in your area, or more importantly, that is in your region, guess what? You know you're going to get the radio. In addition, authorized Yezu dealers are going to go ahead and make sure you're getting a new radio. And that that three-year manufacturer warranty, right, three-year manufacturer warranty that we give you for free. No other company's doing that. Yezu is, but no one else. You're going to get that, and you're going to be able to go ahead and use that. Certain restrictions apply on the warranty and stuff on that, though, but I can't tell enough. I mean, I've had some sad, sad stories, guys, lately, and gals that are people saying, you know what, I, I wanted to buy a radio, and, you know, unfortunately it was out of stock, so I went along and I found it. And then they said, you know what? I find out it's Japanese version radio. And it doesn't do 144 to 148. It does 144 to 146. So I'm going to have to try to modify it or do something. And they'll say, hey, I need you to turn into a U.S. radio. Sorry, can't. Can't do that. Well, can't I modify it or do something? No, no, you can't. It, it doesn't do it. Well, uh, um, uh, okay, well, I'll keep it. But what if it breaks or something like that? Then you got to send it back to the country that the radio operates in. So in this case, this poor guy said, so if my radio breaks, I got to send it all the way back to Japan? Yeah, unfortunately you have to. So make sure you're buying from an authorized Yezu dealer. Want to find a dealer? Go to our Yezu.com website. Click on find a dealer. You're going to be able to find out which one is closest to you and can provide you with great radios from Yezu. All righty. Let's get back into it about our handhelds real quick. And you know, I will tell you this, our handhelds are tried and true. There are a few on there, and I'm going to tell you, if, 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 you're, if you're listening to our podcast here and you're a big Yezu fan, we're going to go ahead and list off four of them. And I don't even think people know that we have all four of these, but they're going to be like, yep, yep, no, I know that. Now I'm going to go, we're going to go old school here. We're going to talk about the old reliable FT60. That's right, the FT60. That radio is a workhorse. It's a dual band but single display. Once again, much like the 6000, you can do VHF, you could do UHF, but it's going to go ahead and be a single display only. Now, get into the 6000 real quick, and with the FT60, we're going to talk about the VX6 here in a second, and the other ones, they're dual band, okay? There's no single band HT on our market for us right now. All of them are dual band capable, and they can transmit cross band, meaning you can transmit on UHF and receive on VHF, or... 
transmit a VHF, receive on UHF. So those are the two options on there. But the FT60R, um, a lot of people like that. It's a tried and true radio because a couple things. One, if you use the alkaline battery pack with it, buy that AA battery pack with the battery pack or with the rechargeable batteries, you're getting the full five watts out of there. Yes, full five watts on a alkaline battery pack, okay? But um, it, multiple function knobs, so you have a volume knob, then you have a channel and squelch knob. A lot of people like it. Um, keypad, obviously programmable, nice uh, solid display. Take a look at that one. That has been tried and true. It's kind of a metal framed radio on there. A lot of people like that radio there. The next one we're going to talk about is the VX6R. Once again, the VX6R, known around the amateur community for a while as part of that, um, you know, kind of with the VX7R at that point in time. It is considered a dual band radio, but you do get a watt and a half for 220. So yes, you do get one and a half watts on 220. Large frequency coverage on there too. You can go all the way go down to 504 kilohertz. So you're basically going to kind of clip that AM broadcast band and then go all the way up through 998 megahertz on the VX6R. Also, not to mention that it is waterproof rating. So it's submersible. And when I say submersible, I mean JIS7 submersible. So you basically can put it in the radio or in water. And even our catalog has it shown water spilling directly on it. It's not splash proof where if you've got it on your hip, a little water, that's fine. No, this thing is submersible. Does offer you a, a double A or yeah, double A battery pack on there. Not gonna get the full five watts like the FT60, but you can still run it off a double A battery pack on there. Um, great little tiny rugged radio on there. Nice compact size on there. Take a look if you're looking for something that you want to have on your hip and you're not afraid it to get um, kind of banged around or in the water or something like that on there. And then the last two we have, we're going to talk about them together. And the reason we're going to talk about it is because this is like a little bro a big brother, little brother, big sister, little sister kind of thing. We're going to first start off with the FT65. Now, the FT65 and its little brother sister, which is the FT4X, are basically the same with the exception being that there is a slight difference in high height and size. So the FT65 is going to be bigger than the FT4X, but both are dual band. And unbeknownst to a lot of people, a lot of people think it's a dual band single display radio, and they are capable of having and being set up to show what they call split VFO. Now the FT65 does a lot better job on it, because it is a dual, the screen is big enough to show both the VFO-A and the VFO-B, where with the FT4, you got to kind of toggle back and forth between it on there. But these are great little radios. Now, difference with these radios is, is that they only come with the desktop chargers. There's no way to plug in a DC power cord or a DC charger or anything like that whatsoever. They are designed with the public safety user in mind. And what we mean by that is, is it comes with the desktop charger. You can only charge with the desktop charger. And the SMA connector is sometimes what people will call reversed. So nine times out of 10, what you're going to find is you're going to find on our SMA connectors for our handheld radios, the male or the pin of the SMA connector is going to be on the antenna and the radio is going to be SMA female. Okay. Exact opposite with the FT65 and the FT4. They are going to have the SMA male or the pin on the radio and the antenna is going to be the SMA female. Now, the reason this is because public safety radios, business radios use that combination, male on the radio, female on the antenna. 
The reason we did it this way is because now you can take your radio and if you have a favorite wideband public safety antenna, which if you're in MCOM like me and you're in public safety like me, you know what? Sometimes I want to use my specific cut 155 to 162 megahertz antenna because I'm going to use it more so as a scanner today and a receiver. Guess what? You can do that because that antenna is completely compatible on there. Nice, small, compact design. You're looking for good entry radio and you want quality. You don't want to go ahead and have a cheapy radio or something like that on there. Go look up the FT65 as well as the FT4X. They are designed for the MCOM user and the entry-level user, and they're not going to go ahead and break the bank. So, hey, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of the Yezu the Radio Show podcast. We do appreciate everyone that's listening. If you ever have any sort of questions or anything like that about the show, want to contact, you can contact us via our Contact Us page at yezu.com. Right, go to yezu.com, click on Contact Us. You'll find out the form you can fill out, or you'll see the dark departments that you can go ahead and email directly. Until the next episode, everybody, 73, and stay safe.